0: Today is the 4th of July, significant day in America, cuz it's the birthday of liberty for us as a nation. You know that? Every year we celebrate it reminds us of this thing called freedom. Everybody say freedom. freedom. And throughout different seasons of our nation's history, it has caused us to have to wrestle with what it means to be free. And there's always been an opposition to freedom. Did you know that? not only in America, but anywhere in the world throughout all of history, when anybody's ever stood up for freedom, there has been somebody or something that stands against it. And right now, we're in yet another defining moment as a country, as our past and our present struggles and our pain have caused many to try to redefine who we are and what it means to be free. But I have good news, because the Bible has a whole lot to say about what it means to truly be free. We're going to talk about it. So today will not be a political speech, um, but it's church. We have a responsibility as a church to run to God's word. Amen. We run to him for hope. We run to him and his word for guidance. And that's what I intend to do today. Before we start, I want to confess something to you. I've confessed that in the past, I've held the belief that the church should just focus on our personal relationship with Jesus. Just stay focused on Jesus. Help me with that. Help me to know how to pray, what he's saying for my life. And that's good. And, and we should probably stay out of things like the 4th of July. Stay out of things like America and, and nations and policies and all these things. And so there's wisdom in that to a degree, because it's easy to get so focused on politics and policies that we completely forget about Jesus altogether. How many know that is not what the Bible says? And and certainly we've seen that in America. But the opposite is also true in that we can use Jesus as an excuse to be naive about the world around us. So in case you didn't notice, the world around us is screaming for help right now. Screaming for help. I got four little kids, and they scream sometimes. Sometimes they throw temper tantrums. And I'm, my wife and I have now learned that the temper tantrum is not about the thing that caused the temper tantrum. It's like, "But you stole my toy, I can't believe, she started it, that junk. It's a cry for help. It's like, pay attention to me, please, somebody help me. It's not about the toy. And so our world that is around us is so desperate to try anything and everything to find purpose, to find identity. That's huge right now. And to find true freedom, even in America, in the land of the free. So guess what? Given the fact that we have God's word, which has the answers that the world is looking for, we have a choice. Here's our choice. To either bury our head in the sand, just be like, I just don't, I don't want to know. Don't bother me. Or offer a helping hand to the very people in the world that Jesus died for. That's our choice. And so in a very practical way, we're going to look at what Jesus says about what it means to truly be free. And here's my hope. To take us a little bit deeper than than surface level platitudes by applying the scriptures we're going to read today to the current events of our time, both personally and nationally nationally. So we're going to bounce back and forth between personal applications, just me and God, my relationship, how do I figure this out between me and him, and our national applications, even our city and our community applications here today. At the very least, I want you to walk out of here feeling encouraged and equipped on how you can engage in this world as a Christian. I think a lot of us sometimes disengage because it's like, it's so crazy out there. I just, I don't know what to say. And even better than that, I want us to be able to offer the hope of Jesus Christ to people who are so important to God that he sent Jesus to die for them. Amen? That's a big deal. That's our mission. I still have more hope, though. I also hope that there are people listening today, maybe here in this room or watching online, and maybe you don't know Jesus yet. And if you would just listen, if you just give me the next 30 minutes, I have a life changing message for you. If you'd listen. So. Church, as a, as a church, can we agree to go down this path together? Can we do that? Can somebody say amen? Amen. All right, that's what we're going to do. Open your Bibles to John chapter 8. John chapter 8, verse 31. We'll dive in. You're gonna, some of these uh, scriptures are going to sound incredibly familiar to what we just sang. Verse 31 says, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you're truly my disciples. And you will know the what? Free. Truth. And the truth will set you what? Free. Free. Pretty clear. Now, they answered him, though, with a little, maybe a little bit of confusion, probably very sim- similar to how an American might respond. They said, um, we're offspring of Abraham. Ever heard of him? And we've never been a slave to anyone, so what are you talking about? How is it you say... You will become free. We are free. We're, we're the Israelites. Jesus answered them, oh, okay, hold on. Hold on. Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Watch out. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. That's what Jesus says. Let's break this down. Notice that the first thing Jesus says here is to abide in my word and you will know the truth. That's in your notes. Abide in my word, you'll know the truth. Simple as that. Read your Bible. So I want to ask a question to shout out the answer, especially to those of you who've been walking with the Lord for a long time. What is the source of truth? The word, the Bible. The Bible is the source of truth. God is the source of truth, and he's given us this thing to know what he says. It's called the Bible. According to this scripture that we just read, what is required to be set free? The truth. You will know the truth, and you will be set free. The truth is what is required. And so what is so special about the truth anyway don't we live in an enlightened society today, where it's like, dude, truth? We've learned so much. Science has accomplished so much, and and, and uh, scholastic thought has has advanced so far. Truth is relative. Why is it? What's so special about the truth? Why is Jesus saying it's required for freedom? Well, if you look in our nation, there is so much talk. <coughs> excuse me about unity. I mean, right? What politician hasn't said? We need to stop fighting across the aisle, and we all just need to sit at the same table and have a conversation. We need to unite. We need to unify. Unite, unite, unite. And let's just be honest. It seems like the more we talk about it, the more divided we become. How's that happen? It's a good goal, but we're divided. I mean, it's official. The history books will say in 2020, 2021, America's officially divided. Write it down. Why is that? Here's the answer. We can only be unified around truth. Only can we be unified around truth. A pastor said this a couple weeks ago. I'm going to steal it because it's so good. He said, you know, wherever two or three are gathered, you will have seven different opinions. (laughs) That's true, right? Everybody's got an opinion. And rarely do we line up. It is impossible to unite around our opinions can't do it. That's why truth is the only path to unity. Truth is the only path to unity. That's also why there is an attack on truth. Like Pastor Riggs said, the accuser comes to lie. They call the devil the father of lies. That's all he does. Every word he speaks is a lie. He's really good at it. He's been doing it for eternity. And that's all he does is just lie to you constantly. There's an attack on truth. And we've talked about this before in our nation, really around the world now in modern society. It's like, dude, don't tell me. Don't tell me what truth is. Back up. I have my own truth based on my opinions. And so that's fine. Your truth is your opinion, but I don't believe that. I have my opinion, so please don't tell me what truth is. And the irony is that the the very people who are yelling the loudest about the need to unite are the same ones that are saying, there's no such thing as absolute truth. Truth is relative. And so in other words, when they say, come on, we need to unite, unify, what they're really saying is, everybody needs to agree with my opinion because I don't believe in truth. And so if you disagree with my opinion, then you're not uniting and you're the enemy. Guys, this is why we're divided as a nation, right here. Because we're trying to build it on opinions Mm. instead of truth. The value of truth has been lost in America. Thank God for the church, right, who has the Bible, who has the truth. We have the freedom, thank God, in this country to declare the truth. Meanwhile, Jesus is over like in the corner 2,000 years ago like, hello, I already figured this out. Remember, he said, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. We must Start with truth and the source of that truth is the Bible. Going down again to see what else Jesus says, he he said, truly, truly I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. That is a sensitive word in America. We don't like to talk about slavery. That's That's in our history. Jesus is saying sin equals slavery. Oops. Sin equals slavery. Notice that Jesus doesn't say here, he says, hey, depending on where you're born, like what country you're in, that determines whether you're free. So if you're born in this country, you're good. Over here, you're a slave. Sorry. He doesn't say, hey, depending on what color your skin is, you're either free or slave. He doesn't say that. He says, everyone, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Sin is the issue that we all deal with. and, And like it or not, You can never be truly free if you're practicing sin. I need you to hear that. Maybe somebody kind of looked away at Facebook online. Hear this. You cannot ever be truly free if you're practicing sin. So how can we avoid this? What are the things to look out for regarding sin? Because I don't want to be a slave. Man, slavery sucks. I want to be free. Here's this. Here's the answer. The thing that always precedes a sin is this. A lie, a lie, a lie always precedes the sin. A falsehood always precedes the sin. The opposite of the truth always comes first before we act on sin. I wanna give you a couple examples. For instance, if I take this drug, I'm gonna be happy. Man, we're gonna party tonight, I'm gonna get wasted. My homeboy's bringing the good stuff, and I'm gonna be so happy. That's a lie. Everybody here knows it's going to destroy your life. You'd probably be dead by the end of the night. Here's another one. Man, I'm in this marriage that I just feel like the marriage is dead. I don't even feel seen by my partner. I don't feel loved. But that person over there, I get some energy here. I feel like they see me. I feel like I'm valued. Maybe if I just go with that person I'll finally feel loved. Hey, there's, there's a lie right there. Hook, line, and sinker. Because what the reality is, you're gonna probably feel like trash after that. You're gonna feel like you've been used and cast aside. Next, a lie precedes the sin. How about this one? If I tell a lie, if I tell a lie, nobody's gonna know. I'll get away with it. Nobody knows. Well, anybody who's been in relationship with the Holy Spirit for any amount of time knows there's no getting away with it, right? The Holy Spirit is relentless in convicting us. You ever have that feeling? It's like that uneasy feeling. It's just like, ugh, I just can't stop. I would really like to forget about that thing I did, and I just can't sleep, and I just don't feel good. That is the Holy Spirit doing his job. He's good at that too, convicting us until we finally break down and confess a lie precedes the sin, And Jesus says, sin leads to slavery. Sin leads to bondage. Check out what Paul says in Galatians five, verse one. He says, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Amen, praise God, pastor. We love that scripture. Look what he says next. Stand firm, therefore. Stand firm, stand up. And do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Who in their right mind, after being set free as a slave, would go back into chains? Stand firm, therefore. This is why we must know the truth. The only way to fight a lie and win is with the truth of God's word. Stand firm, therefore. Use the truth. Declare it in your life. The Bible says that we need to put on the full armor of God. And one of those key parts is called the belt of truth. And every morning when you wake up, you need to put your belt on so your pants don't fall down and make a fool of yourself. You need to put the truth on and say, I know what God's word says. I know what it doesn't say. I know what it means and what it doesn't mean. You can't interpret it in a way that is not true. This is my belt of truth and I'm going to declare it in my life because I have an enemy who constantly is just lying to me. He is the accuser. I love what Pastor, did Pastor Rick say The service? He said it the first service, maybe he did, but he said, the, in, the enemy is like a toothless lion. That's so accurate. Because when you got your belt of truth on, what's he gonna do, gnaw you to death? You got nothing against the truth. You can lie all you want, but I know the truth. Later, bye, Felicia. I just learned that, save it. That's a good one. <laughs> Yep, yep. Shout out to the Reeves family. They told me that. Okay, so these are some examples of believing a lie that causes us to sin personally. This is my relationship with God. Nobody else's business. But we face lies. We have to deal with it. Let me ask you this question. What if a lie is imposed upon you? What if a lie from somebody who has maybe more power or authority in your life and and they impose a lie on you? What now? The reason I propose this question is because of an issue we've been facing for a long time as a nation. It's one thing to deal with truth and lies as they pertain to you personally, but it's another thing when the popular culture is moving towards or even acting upon a lie that leads to sin. Hey, there are many examples of this. We could talk all day about all the different ways this happens in our life. But I feel that the Lord is wanting me to address a particular one that we face today as a nation. Super relevant. It's the issue of racism. Uh Uh-oh. Given that it's the 4th of July, our minds are on freedom, I think it's relevant to discuss. Now, I know everybody just got uncomfortable. I promise you it's going to be fast. Set the clock. So let's get straight to the point. Okay. (laughs) Okay. A lot of people say racism is such a sensitive issue because it's so complex, it's full of nuances, and it's difficult to navigate. You say something, that these people are gonna be offended, and then these people might be offended, blah, blah, blah. I actually disagree with that. I think it's very simple. Racism is a sin, amen. Racism is evil, racism is wrong, and racism is demonic. And guess what? God's word requires people to repent of it. We're going to talk about it, but I will not be making any excuses for anyone or trying to explain, well, the circumstance in an effort to justify anybody's actions. Racism is a sin. Amen. Write it down if you don't know. That would be a good place to say amen. It's an easy one. Racism is a sin. Yeah. I will also say that because it is a sin, it is a cause worth fighting against we need some Christians to put their belt of truth on and stand up stand firm justice is totally warranted and I believe that God has shown us in his word that while he created different skin colors out of his creative nature he's awesome it'd be boring if we're all the same color he does not assign more value to one color over another When he died on that cross, he died for all human beings who are a slave to sin. Skin color had nothing to do with it. Racism is a sin, and it is as simple as that. Stop the clock. That was fast, right? How did I do? 30 seconds? Any questions? Let's go deeper. You also need to be aware of a powerful new movement that is present right here in our community, and it's called this, it's called critical race theory. Mm. Now this is not the place, and I don't have time, to get into all of the nuances and the history of this theory, but I simply need you to know that it is being taught in our schools to our children. If you search for a definition of it, maybe some of you aren't aware, it has been around for a couple decades actually, but it's like in the schools now, if you search for a definition, you'll get quite a few different versions that are basically saying the same thing. And they use language that is like inconvenient. It's like so heady and, and uncommon in our vernacular that you start reading it and you're like, well, what does that mean? Okay, now I gotta look up the definition of that word and they're referring to this other theory that uh, I don't even, I uh, forget it, I don't, I don't care. And that's by design. They don't really want you to know what it really means, so I looked up, I found this definition from Britannica.com, and I think it summarizes it pretty well, so we're going to put it on the screen, I'm going to read it, and then we'll try to figure out what it's saying. It states that critical race theory is, quote, based on the premise that race is not a natural, biologically grounded feature of physically distinct subgroups of human beings, but race is a socially constructed or culturally invented category that is used to oppress and exploit people of color. Critical race theorists hold that the law and legal institutions in the United States are inherently racist insofar as they function to create and maintain social, economic, and political inequalities between whites and non-whites, especially African-Americans. Okay, what is that saying? Yeah, <laughs> All right, so we could spend the next year debating what it really means, how to interpret it. Well, that's not really what we're saying. Well, that's what we're saying. Okay, we're not gonna do that. What this is being boiled down to for us here in Security Wildfield, Colorado Springs, critical race theory is saying that racism is no longer about treating someone badly who has a different skin color than you which is what it's been forever. According to critical race theory, racism now means that if you're in the majority, which is in America, a white person, then by default, you are oppressing the minority, which would be people with different color skin. Therefore, if you're white, then you are automatically a racist. That's what it's being taught. So just to be crystal clear here, Calling someone a racist based solely on the color of their skin is in itself racist. Where's Martin Luther King Jr. when you need him? Remember that speech super famous that he gave in Washington DC where he said, I have a dream. I look to a day when people will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Nailed it. He was right on when he said that. And you know what he did? He led a social justice movement against racism that was just, and it was good. As a Christian, I fully support any pursuit of justice regarding racism, and I join in the fight to right this wrong. But you, you know what? We need to hear this. You can't fight racism with more racism. It will fail. And we need it to not fail. It's like shooting yourself in the foot right before you run into battle. It's opposing sin by sinning even more. And in an effort to be free of the oppression of racism, people are once again becoming slaves to sin by using racism as their strategy. And this is being taught in our schools. Jesus has some very strong language about this. Listen, I know that this is uncomfortable. I get it. And you have have the right to your opinion. But when it comes to children, I got something to say about that. And so does Jesus. Matthew 18, verse 5. He says, whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. All right, let's just say that's the standard, how we treat kids, like Jesus. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin... It would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and be drowned in the depth of the sea. That's Jesus saying that. And I don't bring this up to, to make anybody feel bad or like I'm better than you and you're below me. I bring it up because I don't want that to happen to you. What could be worse than that? That sounds horrible, but he's like, It'd be better for you to drown in the sea. So by teaching this to our little ones, or maybe there are people who are in a position who are forcing teachers to either quit your job or you have to teach this, you are taking an incredible risk with Jesus. He does not play around when it comes to children, and neither should we. And so there's obviously incredibly bad outcomes that will come in the future if we're brainwashing our kids about this, but you know what else is so sad? Because today... The fight for racism is such a worthy cause today, and it has been corrupted by this sinful approach. So, practical steps. If you're a parent of children in public school, and I would even go beyond that. I would say, even if you don't have kids in school or you're single or whatever, if you are a tax-paying American, I highly advise you to reach out to your school board or your principal, or whoever will listen to you, and respectfully and honorably, those are the key words, respectfully and honorably, because you carry the name of Jesus, make your voice heard. Make a phone call. Children are are very impressionable, and they need to be protected from dangerous lies like the one that says critical race theory will right the wrongs of racism. It will not. Jesus has even more to say about this. Remember last week, Pastor Darren said, uh, Jesus said, a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. Now that was in a different context of, of him casting out a demon from a person. And then people who didn't like Jesus came along, the teachers of the law, and they're like, I don't like that, he's getting too much attention. You know what, Jesus, you probably did that because you were demon. You cast a demon out out of the power of a demon. Jesus is like, dude, what is this? Kindergarten? A kingdom cannot stand divided against itself. You can't cast out a demon by the power of evil. It can only be done by the power of God. Amen? Amen. In the same way, you can't fight racism, which is demonic, with more racism, which is demonic, and, and, and then expect to win. You can't fight sin with more sin. Only the truth of God's word, which points to the saving work of Jesus on the cross to bear the burden of our sin. He put himself in bondage on our behalf. Only that will be effective in defeating the sin of racism. We must repent of our sin and turn to the truth to find true freedom. All right. We're going to find out about that. Galatians 5 verse 13. Paul says, for you, we're called the freedom brothers. You're called the freedom brothers. Stop right there. Listen, you need to hear this. Just by the very fact that you were born, means that you are made to be free. Regardless of if you're from America or China or Iraq, every human being who was born was given unalienable rights by God to be free. You are born called to be free, brothers. Oh but watch out. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. Isn't that funny? That's where we see color? Yes. But through love, serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word: You shall love your neighbor as yourself. That is the opposite of racism. Look at this. He totally calls us out. This is America right here. If you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. A kingdom divided against itself can't stand. Man, even Paul could see how divided we would become. What does he say? He tells us to unite in love for one another, which will only come not from our opinions, but from abiding in the truth of God's word. Somebody say Amen. I know it's hard, I know it's uncomfortable, but man, you know, we live in an uncomfortable world. And I realize I spent a fair amount of time focusing on the sin of racism, and, and that's honestly, that's because I felt the Lord wanted me to address it. Amen. But it's not the only sin that needs to be repented of, not by a long shot. If you're honest with yourself, you know deep down what sin has you in bondage today. The Holy Spirit is here, and he convicts. He's probably bringing it to your mind as I speak. You see that uneasiness in your chest, that uneasiness in your mind? That's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've been sleeping around. Maybe you've been doing drugs. Hey, you're a slave to that. Hey, maybe you've been gossiping about a friend or a coworker and going behind their back to hurt them just because. I just feel like, makes me feel good. That's bondage. Maybe you've been lying to your spouse, the, the person you love. Maybe you've been stealing money from your job just to get ahead, but it don't feel like I'm getting ahead. And that's because we're slaves to our sin. The possibilities are endless. We could just keep going with the list of sins and what could put us into slavery, but you need to know this. Pay attention. There's a way out. There's a way out. When the devil has you all bound up, you can feel hopeless, man, I can't even move. And that is his goal. He would love nothing more than for you just to lose all hope. You should just go off and die. He would win. But remember that Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And so, with the knowledge of the truth, our job now, today, from this moment on, for the rest of your life, is to declare the truth. To say it out loud. What the Bible says is true about us. I'm going to declare the truth. Here's an example I wake up in the morning, I'm depressed. I have anxiety. Life sucks. I don't know why I even got out of bed. Hey! How about we declare some truth? You know what? I praise you, God, because you say that you I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Right out of the book of Psalms. How about this? I feel so empty. Nobody loves me. Nobody sees me. Well, how great is the love that the Lord has lavished upon me that I would be called a child of God. That's what the Bible says he did. How about this? For God so loves me. That he gave Jesus his only son. That's how important I am. So shut up, devil. He gave his only son that whoever believes, I believe, will not perish but have eternal life. Come on. You just call them out. For the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, "I have come, Matt, that you might have life, life abundant." So I'm walking in that. I'm putting my belt on. My pants aren't going to be down anymore. I'm declaring the truth. That is your practical step today. Pull your pants up. Say the truth. I love the song that we sing today. Maybe you don't know, you can't rattle off scriptures like that. Look at the song that we just sang. Put it on YouTube, put it on Spotify every day and repeat. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. I'm declaring the truth. You are for me, not against me. Jeremiah 29, 11. I am who you say I am. Who the sun sets free? Oh, it's free indeed! Come on, I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. That's what God says about me. I declare, it and I can already see, feel like Anna was saying today. I already feel the chains coming off. I already feel my head getting lifted. Like, oh, there's hope. Oh, there's life. Amen. We have the freedom to declare the truth and break the chains of sin in our life. Somebody shout amen and give God a praise today. Come on, give him a good praise. Amen. I want to ask you to stand up and I want to give you an opportunity to be set free by giving your life to Jesus. And as I'm talking, I would like to have all our prayer partners go ahead and start coming up to the front. Just start moving while I'm talking. Thank you, Noah. Thank you, Thomas. I appreciate that. Pastor Rick's coming. Pastor Darren. These people are here. If we could get some more, too, that'd be awesome. Thank you, Jared. These people are here to help you pray to the God who sets you free through his truth. And if you feel that Holy Spirit conviction right now, like, dang it, I knew I shouldn't have come to church today. Ah, he's got me. (laughs) Let's just be honest. That is a good thing. That's something to pay attention to. And even as I'm talking, you could just come up right now and tell one of these people, I need to give my life to Jesus. Can you help me? And we'll make that happen. All you have to do is call on the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. Come on, this is the land of the free and the home of the brave, but you are not truly free if you're practicing sin, but there is a way out. We declare that Jesus sets us free. And I wanna tell you boldly today, especially people those watching on, online, do not close this video, do not walk out of this church today without being set free. You have zero reason to continue in this life as a slave. You're not a slave. Come on, Jesus died for you, man. How could you ignore that? How could you say, I'm good, I like my sin? No, man, I want that. Stand firm, therefore. Stand up and come say, I want Jesus. I need to be forgiven. We'll help you with that. I'll come down and pray with you as well. If you want, we'll even get you baptized today. We got warm water, we got swimsuits, we got shirts, we got hair dryers, we got whatever excuse you got, we got it covered. Holy Spirit, move right now. God, bring the convicting power of the Holy Spirit to set us free. Set us free. I know that people feel that in their hearts, so as I'm praying, come forward. As I'm praying, just come forward. Jesus, come. Come and bring the convicting power that sets us free through your word. The Son sets free, is free indeed. Thank you that the enemy is being silenced right now. He is running with his tail between his legs back to hell because this is a place of freedom. We thank you, God, that you have risen above the things of this world and you have just changed our eternities. And so we praise you for it. We say thank you. I also thank you, God, we live in a country where we can declare this and not go to jail. Thank you for that, God. Thank you that there's hope for the captives and that Jesus came to set the captives free. So I speak freedom over every heart today. Everybody watching online, freedom. You are not a slave to your sin if you say yes to God right now. Yes to yes God. To the Lord. Yes to your Lord. Mm. Let him touch you. Let him speak to you. Let him grab your heart. Close your eyes if you need to. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God, yes, I am. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. And we stand on that today, God. We give you praise for moving in your church today. In Jesus' mighty name, if you agree, can you say amen Amen. and give God a huge praise. Come on, let's give him glory. Hallelujah. Love you, love you, love you. We're here to pray with you. Otherwise, have a great fourth and we'll see you next week. God bless you.